Welcome back, everybody. Part two. Part two of episode two of Can We Be Friends? I'm Gage Morrow. I'm Mike Massaro, and it's now dark. It's now dark. We just came back from Mike, and I got a earful about how to be a comic from some OGs. <laughs> Had a little bit to drink. Had a little bit to drink. <laughs> So where we left off last was the Fed and how we've been fucked out of our money. <laughs> we've been fucked out of our money, apparently. Yes, we have. Um, the value of our money. Like, the, the, I mean, still just paper, but, like, we can't do anything with it now. At least nothing of value. And that plus all the – we could go back through the rest of the history, but that's, that's a lot for right now. I feel like I built up a lot of momentum to that, though, and, like – yeah, we, if you really right, start right, right, the right. last part, Mike was very heated about we're, how the Fed has fucked us out of our money. All right, where were we? <laughs> we were at, uh, yeah, okay, so we're at the Federal Reserve the Notes. Thomas Notes. Yeah, so, so, like, it's like getting off of the, like, the standard of, you know, bullion for, uh, bullion, Jesus, bullion, whatever, how the fuck yeah. you say it? Gold and silver, hard metals. Soup stock from yeah, Goya. exactly, yeah. <laughs> Delicious chicken bouillon. Uh, no, but you, uh, you ba- into the mic, Masaru. Yeah, sorry. You basically, uh, like, if you follow, oh Jesus, I'm I'm a little too like. It's all right. Me too. Yeah, it's it's been a long. <laughs> well, night. what I was trying to introduce. We'll in get the to this another time. <laughs> was cryptocurrency and how we are reaching a a uh, a new upswing of our currency. It's it's. Cryptocurrency is like this revolutionary concept that we get to control our own finances in a parallel economy that is fueled by cooperation, that is fueled by transparency, that is fueled by uh, an undeniable value that is actually based off of math and logic and not off of the whim of the Fed. Cryptocurrency has a mathematical it has a mathematical representation <coughs> in these networks called blockchains where they reward people with the introduction of currency. So the mint is rewarding individuals for participating in helping the system of the currency move along. So what we know as mining mm-hmm. when it comes to cryptocurrency is being rewarded with bits of currency for helping the system push along the verification of transactions. So as you verify more and more and more transactions, you're handed a puzzle that your computer has to solve with only one solution. When you solve that puzzle, you basically get this like lottery ticket for a piece of Bitcoin or a Bitcoin or I don't know exactly how it works, but I know that you are, it's basically a numbers game. The more you help the system move along, the more opportunities you get to get granted a piece of currency. And that's how they, diffuse currency out into the yeah. the uh ecosystem and, and the mining process is very costly i mean like you have to run like these basically like massive computers yeah and and it, the, the electricity alone is like incredibly expensive mm-hmm. um so a i saw this... a vice video about a mining operation in northern europe like in the scandinavian area and they the computers run so hot they literally use like a open hanger in the like above almost above the arctic circle where they just like open up the walls to oh, let wow. the air flow through yeah. and that's how they cool down their computers but pretty cool yeah 
It's all right. We don't have to. We don't have to live up to the momentum we built over this. Uh, we had a lot to drink. I had some. I had relatively a lot to drink. <laughs> so, so we don't have to talk about cryptocurrency. What do you What do you want to talk about, Mike? What's on your mind right now? Don't, don't feel burdened to talk about the Fed, even though we just yeah I'm ranted not. about it. Let's talk about some random shit. Uh, hmm. Oh, you know what I want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? This made Mike? me really mad the other day. So I went to uh, I went to Whole Foods, which I don't usually do for for the dinner that mm-hmm. I was talking about before. And uh, on my way out, so to check out, they make you like stand in line at one of the aisles, okay. and and you and like and like a cashier, like someone whose job it is to just stand there and direct you to which register it is to go to. It's really fucking useless. It made me really angry. And then, uh, and then, like, as I was waiting there, though, I looked in the freezer, and there was a box of pizza rolls, but they were, like, Annie's brand. You know, like, the Annie's mac and cheese? You make me hungry, Mike. Yeah, no, they were fucking terrible. Oh, never mind, No, Mike. okay, so, first of all, like, there's no flavor. No flavor in them whatsoever. Someone who's, like, a, who's a staunch Totino's, like, advocate, <laughs> there was absolutely zero Tasting fucking them. flavor. And, uh, and, and they were like California grown tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't know California grown tomatoes could be so underwhelming. It was, uh, oh boy. and, and then, so, uh, so then the fucking, uh, it, uh, I, I go and, and, you know, I'd stuck them in the microwave and, you know, like normal amount of time, I had them spaced out evenly on the dish, like, like you normally would pick up one from the middle because you know in the middle it's normally a little bit colder than the other ones so right off the bat i bite into it the back of it busts open and burns the shit out of my lip and and i i mean scalded you know how like hot cheese sticks to shit it stuck to my lip and and, and, yeah and so then i started looking into annie's and uh you know it's actually a general mills sub corporation yeah Annie's is owned and operated by General Mills. Yeah, but you know that shit happens all the time too. Of course it does, but it, but 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 if these people don't think they're just getting the chaff of whatever doesn't go into fruity pebbles, you're wrong. Oh. That's exactly what it is. Damn it's just God. the other fucking byproduct. You're getting the same fucking it's shit like wheat. The fish sticks of pizza rolls. Yeah. You know what? That kind of reminds me of like Unilever conspiracy. Unilever <laughs> distributes Dove products as well as Axe products. So think about the marketing campaigns used for Axe, like the body spray yeah. and the body wash. Very misogynistic, very toxic masculine. Like, you spray this shit on you, girls going to want to rub their pussies against your clavicles. Meanwhile, oh, I, I must have missed that one. <laughs> well, you understand, no, basically. I know, yeah. You know, like, when you watch an Axe commercial, it's like, you spray this shit on you, and girls want to throw their pussy right at your faces. But then you see, like, a Dove commercial, and they're like, all body types are accepted. Women are brave and powerful creatures. It's like, the how only... can you stand as the distributor of two different soap brands and deliver such different messaging? And the only reason is that you're such a a large conglomerate. You control so much of the market that you get to pick and choose who you get to advertise against, even though you're collecting profits from both sides. It's almost like how the fact that, like, Democrats and Republicans are really not dissimilar they all went to the same school they all went to the same country clubs they all have the same trust funds it's just they choose two different sides of the narrative to collect money on both sides of the fence yeah i mean like that might have been a reach but i'm just saying no 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 no, no, no. i understand what you're saying. unilever I, gets I, to collect I, both sides of the female empowerment and the misogynistic 
Uh, well, because, because that's all that marketing is, marketing basically, is capitalizing campaigns. on ideas and, and just making people who, who fuck with an idea buy your product because they associate mm-hmm. that idea with your... That's what all smoking is, right? Yeah. All the smoking advertisements and even just, like, smoking in movies and TV shows and stuff like that is just reinforcing, uh, you know, the sort of understood, like, smoking's cool, smoking's fun. Like, smoking you know. is cool. It's pretty understood. <coughs> as you yeah. cough with your smoker's yeah. lung. As I've smoked a pack of cigarettes tonight. Yeah. But, like... For Ag's body spray, the one thing I'll say is like I've only ever used Ag's body spray for two things. I was firstly like spraying spraying a basement to cover up the smell of smoke, Never and used uh, that. and uh, all, it's very potent. And then uh, the other one was uh, uh, one of my friends used to get it for Christmas, and we used to draw flaming penises because you could spray <laughs> it and light them on fire. I did that a few times. The last time I remember using Ag's was at a mixer in the basement of my dorm at Cheshire Academy Summer Program for a... uh, I don't even know what it was for. It was like an academic summer program. And I remember we had a mixer, a mixed-gender mixer, back in, like, middle school at this Cheshire Academy. Classic. And, uh... Apple-bottom jeans, boots with the fur. Boots with the fur, brother. You know it. Sean Kingston, all the beautiful girls. (laughs) Um, But I ran up to my dorm room, or, like, my little summer camp room in this dorm at Cheshire Academy. And I laid my striped polo shirt out on my bed, laden with my prepubescent sweat, because <laughs> it was no ventilation in the basement. Sounds like the worst Lolita novel of all time. <laughs> and <I> sp- <laughs> my prepubescent sweat, Jesus <laughs> and I, Christ! And I sprayed the ever living fuck out of that striped polo with axe because <laughs> I thought I need to cover up my prepubescent body odor because <laughs> I'm trying to lay some pipe with these girls and I just uh, rub some roll-on deodorant on my neck <laughs> oh that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the move no but old spice baby <sighs> i had axe body spray man got me nothing <laughs> and i remember i got axe body spray from a run to walmart that we made mm. i remember we had a run to walmart where they were like we were left with Walmart's a certain sick. amount of money from our parents and they were like all right we're going to walmart it's time to buy things and i bought like three things i bought dr pepper I bought Axe body spray And I bought bugles <laughs> I bought Bugles, bugles Fucking uh, I could kill for some bugles right now I should have bought I knew I should have bought chips God. I wish you had like a bodega nearby We can go get bugles There's a gas station on Farmington Just around the corner Don't give away your location People are going to be clamoring to know where we shoot these things Yeah Oh yeah Beating down my door You know Oh, the last know. podcast we recorded, I was blitzed, and now I've had two beers, and I'm sauced, and I, I regret entirely my decision to drink tonight. <laughs> two beers. I thought, like, oh, this will be you, cool. You shouldn't say that. Shit. I'm, such a, I'm such a lightweight. You know, it's okay. I'm, I'm just kidding. My ego is not fragile enough where I can admit that I can't handle my alcohol. I don't drink, really. I respect the, the I've been honesty. Working out, I've been working out too hard. I couldn't afford the calories of two IPAs. You know how much I just drank? Like, I am burdened with the fact that I know that I probably drank about, like, 1,500 calories between two glasses. Because it's just liquid how bread. Much butter was in the fucking mushrooms I made. I, oh, fuck. I earned it, bro. I got abuelitas now. Fuck. Spanish grandmas. Yeah. Hispanic grandmas. 
Google search history. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Horny abuelitas in your area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the ad I always click on. <laughs> Dude, I, I saw this meme where it's like... I just want some fucking there are like single, <laughs> There are single horny uh, moms in your area and they want to play <laughs> basketball. <laughs> And they took like the porn banner ads, but they yeah. put like sweatbands on their heads, Amazing. like a basketball in their hands. Sorry, my girlfriend texting me. Read mm. it out loud. <laughs> Progress is all we can work towards. BB, you're killing this shit. Isn't that great to have supportive partners in your life? Yep. Oh, man, the love of a good woman. She's a great person. This is probably never going to be uploaded. We people were really hyped off that idea that we would be tearing down the. This flag. isn't bad. No, it's okay. I'll sober up in a second. This has been pretty fun. Uh, like a okay. cracks. Put it in the. Oh shit! Okay. Okay. So you got to take it. Federal over Reserve. So basically, what we're looking at here is, is is an independent institution of people who just have decided how they're going to run our economy, and they do it through like basically a Keynesian economic model. And what that basically means is they want to control the boom and bust cycle. So like a, a natural market economy, you, you're going to have great booms and there's a lot of investment and, and confidence in the market. And you're going to have busts and like depressions and shit's going to tank because people are fickle and stupid and, you know, we'll, we'll make dumb decisions. However, what, what, what's been decided is that like we're going to engineer the way that this boom and bust happens through a series of monetary and fiscal policies, which basically is code for printing money and, and spending money and taxing people to spend money. Like printing money, which is what was done for a lot of our shit, including all the coronavirus stimulus shit, all printed money. Thanks, what Uncle Ant Joey. Yeah, so what, and Trump. Tr tr Trump printed $4 trillion for Thanks, the first Uncle one. Donnie. So – so what ends up happening is, is you know, there's four trillion new U.S. dollars in the market. So, so the value of your dollar has decreased. That's inflation, and they use inflation to to, to basically tamp down an economy that's growing at an unstable rate. And 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 by the same the Weimar period, and oh yeah, but but that's the problem is if if like. If that stuff takes off, like so, basically, if you get it yourself into a into a place of debt and uh, and and in, into a place of like you know where you can't really you can't really like tax your way out of it, so you gotta you gotta print your way out of it, then you're gonna have like Zimbabwe where they have like one trillion dollar bills that are basically like you know you could buy a loaf of bread with it. That's like, true. And you know, in the Weimar Republic, there people were literally wheeling wheelbarrows full of cash to to go to the grocery store to get like milk and eggs. Like it's. Like that's what ends up happening with with high inflation in, in in an unstable economy. But then, but but you know that gets like when so what what a centralized currency uh, with these market controls done by the Federal Reserve, quantitative easing, right, changing interest rates and stuff like that to to basic. Okay, so now the price of money for lending is you know like it's going to go down because we want to stimulate. We want to stimulate investment or it's going to go up yeah. because we want people to pull out. That's the basic balance, right, is when they higher interest rates, they want to uh, incentivize saving your money more. Yeah. When they lower interest rates, they want to incentivize borrowing more. Yeah. Well, and that's the big lower problem interest is rates who means told that people them. Buying houses means that they're investing in yeah. businesses. Higher yeah. interest rates means they're saving, they're conserving, they're holding back their money because they yeah. don't want to expend that money back into the uh, ecosystem of our economy. And my problem is who told these people that, that – like where in the constitution is, is it that this is their job to do for our country? 
It's a good point. But also, where in the economy did we even have the U.S. dollar? Did the U.S. dollar? Because you just showed me a promise. I agree. I don't think we should have central currency at all. Mm. I think that was a huge mistake that Alexander Hamilton is responsible for. One of the many reasons I can't enjoy that fucking dog shit musical. I mean, that's right. I said it. Fuck it. It kind of slaps, brother. I'm not going to lie. No, I I was forced to sit through that for three hours. It kind of slaps. It doesn't. It's terrible. I listened to it on the way to my girlfriend's place. All right. How about this? How how about the fact that like... Battle of Monmouth. Night. Reference. uh, Like all that is, is is basically... Propaganda. the, the new Star Wars movies, okay. the way that the new Star Wars movies basically just just like rewrote a, a, a bunch of the classic plot lines and, and like, but look, there's this one from the old movie. Look, there's this thing from the old movie. It, it, it's reference humor for 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 like for for for, 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 for basically a crowd of like of Not diehard fans. All, all Alexander Hamilton, it, uh, all that musical is, is reference humor for the New York Times crowd. That is oh. literally all it is. It it, it it is just like, hey, you paid attention in history class. Remember this thing? I'm going to sing about it. I'm going to sing about it. And it's just, it's so fucking obnoxious. It's so fucking obnoxious. I, I can't stand, like, telling a story through th- 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 through song and dance that should be told through dialogue. It's lazy fucking writing. And and, and at the same time, like you... you, you going to piss off the musical theater? I majors. don't give a shit. I, I'm, I'm even talking to this musical theater girl uh, on Tinder right now who I really like and, and who I was like... Who, who, she was like, I want to listen to your podcast. <laughs> so I'm really sorry. But, like, that's how I feel about Hamilton. It was fucking awful. It happened to me. I will never let it happen to me again. Some people could say the same thing about stand-up comedy. You could. They're like, why are you pretending to have a conversation with me? We know you wrote all this stuff beforehand. But the better you get at it, the more conversational you can actually make it. And you can like work your, your material in. Mormons? Material is what Book you say. Oh, no. But that's thing. Like Spamalot. I love Spamalot. Monty okay. Python. So musical theater is itself a genre is not itself. No, I, I'm not saying the whole genre. I think I think it's too easy with musical theater to do it lazily and just make the whole thing some song and dance. Look at me production. Like it's literally about song and dance and look at me but, production. But like you can use the song and dance to accentuate shit. It doesn't have to be all there is. Like like it's like okay. like stage and theater. Has has not always just been song and dance. I like, go about Shakespearean drama and and like ancient comedies and tragedies. It's not all singing. It's it's like like like. I will say that I was entertained about by Hamilton. I think specifically because I didn't pay attention in history <laughs> class, and I was like, "This is new to me." I didn't even know who Aaron Burr was, let alone that he killed some guy. Good lord. I don't. I didn't pay attention to history class. I, in fact, I don't even remember talking about Hamilton at all during history class. At all. Where the fuck did you? Oh, man, I went to a math and science school. We cared oh, okay. about like well, we cared about like Fermi and fucking Isaac nice. Newton and you know what's that other guy who stole calculus? Fucking the guy that stole calculus. The, where it's like it was between Isaac Newton and some other guy, and they're like, "Well, he it was actually the night made before it. Pi Day and all through that." <laughs> Dude, I remember. I'm a little tipsier now, but I remember like more than twenty something digits of pi. Three point one four one five nine two six five three five eight nine seven nine three two three eight four six two six four three three eight three two seven nine. That's all five, I got. Oh two six five. Wait, oh, fuck you. Fucked me up because I always. Three point one four one five nine two six five three five eight nine seven nine three two three eight four six two six four three three eight three two seven nine five oh two eight eight four oh six nine oh. 
savage. I only know a little bit past him. It's really not impressive <laughs> when you already spell out like most of it. And like, Sorry, carry on. It's all right. It's Sorry all right. to steal your thunder. On that I one. used to memorize pie for no goddamn reason. Seventh at all. grade, we did it for a, there was a pie day contest that my math teacher. I think used I did to it in seventh grade too, but it's yeah. because I found a book in the library where it was one million digits of pie through a book where it explains the history of pi and they had pi in the margins of the book so it would continue it would be like one continuous digit Jesus. all the way to the end where it would like the first introduction page and the second introduction page would be like hundreds of digits and then in the margins it was spelt out and it would go through the margins of every page in the book did charles manson write this book <laughs> <laughs> no it did look like a manifesto though it was a history of pi, and so that's why it was one uh, million digits. And at the beginning, on the cover, it says this book contains one million digits of pi, and so it would. Good lord! Yeah, it was pretty cool, but also that's unnecessary. Wild. In order to yeah, estimate I, I, the diameter of the observable universe to the distance of a Planck's length, yeah, you only need like twenty digits of pi. So the we amount of pi that, that we need, like pi itself, is irrational. Ha ha. So, Dude, the only reason I memorized that shit was for a whoopie pie and two Hydrox cookies. Hydrox yeah, cookies. Walmart Oreos. Grand <laughs> Oreo. The welfare Oreo. Yeah, no, it's it's not. <laughs> it, 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 it's literally not even Walmart brand. Okay, like so It's like my, Dollar Tree brand. We can rant about Hamilton and how Hamilton, the play by Lindman yeah. Will Miranda, was propaganda. But, I probably pissed off everybody to, in New York. But here's the problem. Like, like many Gen Z kids... That's a lot of complaint about the problem, but no solution. I so got a solution. Give me Shh. your uh, for Hamilton. No, no, or no, for no, musical no, theater. No, oh, no, no, oh. no. Beyond because oh. <laughs> my solution is like leave the lockdown in place for Broadway. <laughs> like that is that is my solution. The Fed is the problem. Yeah. What's the solution? The solution is to abolish. Uh, let me say this. The solution is to scale back because, like, you know, it, it, it's easy to say, like, just get rid of this and replace it with this thing. But, like, we, what the goal would be, and I think what we're moving towards, is to basically phase in cryptocurrency as a centralized currency because it's a centralized, decentralized currency. It's centralized and that everyone's going to use it because it makes sense, but at the same time, it's decentralized because of the nature of the blockchain because it's contributed to by, by every individual transaction among the builders and the users and everyone, and it's encrypted in that way, and that's where the value and the security comes from. So it has a real – that's – that's where these two things kind of coalesce is like, okay, this is an old, dying, stupid system of money. Like like cash – like in credit too, fucking – Absolute dog shit. My like credit score just jumped, so I, I take personal offense. So. I have decent credit. Fuck it. I don't care. I just paid like, off my private debt, and my credit jumped, and I'm very proud of that. I hope this makes my credit drop. My electric bill is late <laughs> right now. Like, but here's the thing: is the crypto is notoriously volatile. So I think in order for a currency to be practical in in use, it not only has to be reliable. Uh, you know, and yes, we can try to decentralize currency, but it's so volatile. The price of Ethereum, the price of Bitcoin, the price of Ripple, the yeah, price of Doge. Eventually, that stuff is going to stabilize. It's still it's super thing. new. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But think about how long the dollars have been it's around. It's being treated right? like a hot stock right now. It's being taken yes. for a ride by these big sharks on Wall Street. And speculation, you're right. Uh, Huge problem. Okay, 
Th- that market economy, I agree though. With the technology well, of blockchain, well, though. Well, so here's a big thing: the speculative market economy. The way that these people are able to keep their wealth and keep it growing in these like hedge funds, basically, it's only made possible by the by the by the behavior of the Federal Reserve. Like the market stability of guaranteeing that the economy always goes up in value year to year. Like if we don't see three percent growth in the economy over a year, that's what's a recession. Like I don't know if that numbers, but but like, but like basically like like they chart it to grow. By and and that's what it's done. It, it, it's it's artificially propped up. It's toothpicks and fucking chewing gum. It's the worst foundation for to to, to build anything on that you could possibly have. And the issue with the speculation, the speculative part of it, is that when you're speculating in something like cryptocurrency, that's such a valuable fucking technology, the fact that you could drive it into the ground at a moment's notice because because everyone on Wall Street decides fuck this and 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 the SEC and the market is going to back them up on. And, and buoying their their net worth over time by doing that like they can do it it's 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 set up to 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 be a wealth multiplier that's it like pure and simple okay so i do believe in the technology underpinning cryptocurrency i do believe that the blockchain liberates us from some of the less transparent some of the more authoritarian uh, entities that wield power over us, such as Facebook, Twitter, uh, I would say Instagram, but Facebook also owns that Google, uh, alphabet corp. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I want cryptocurrencies to be the way of the future, but I, on a practical level, understand that some people want to go to a bodega and buy a 99 cent coffee and not a 0.000003 Bitcoin coffee. Okay. But, but so, so here's, here's the thing with that. Eventually, eventually, like if it becomes the standard, that that's gonna, you know, like now there are some cryptocurrencies known as tether coin or fiat <coughs> linked coin, which is like so. There's things like uh, Dai, Dai, for instance, or USDC, mm-hmm. US dollar coin, which are economy tethered, fiat tethered coins that represent in crypto what the US dollar is doing in the real life it's it's linked algorithmically so that and this is really it was a invention out of necessity for those who live in states where crypto is extremely uh, uh restricted such as this own connecticut you know new jersey i could be trading crypto right now heavily but i like on binance and shit like that but in connecticut they restrict it and so they've created this workaround called tether coin where you can buy into a tether coin and then use that tether coin to, to buy yeah. into other alter alternative markets that aren't necessarily available to you. So I can understand the, look, I want, I want cryptocurrency to be a, um, a valuable technology in our economy. The volatility certainly does scare a lot of people away. Right now it's still seen as a speculative market and not as like a reliable alternative to currency. But the philosophy behind cryptocurrency, I find, is a more powerful, more potent technology. The idea of cryptocurrency is a more potent uh, philosophy than, and it helps people recontextualize what currency can mean to them. For sure. And uh, because there are there are companies that accept cryptocurrency as payment, and they have a shifting scale uh, of value. 
Um, but what's interesting is I was listening to a bunch of podcasts on Bitcoin or on cryptocurrency. Uh, one of the creators of Algorand uh, was talking. I forgot what his name was. It's like Marcelli or something like that. Um, and he was talking about what currency means to us. And he said that we used currency like the dollar or the euro, the pound, to get away from bartering, which was inconsistent. Because the idea of currency, even as a barter, where you might think a simple barter is like I trade you a dozen eggs for like, you know, for you to build a fence or something like that. Yeah. And there's an idea, there's a burden with old barter currency. You know, he said like, yeah, you can say you trade like 14 sheep for you to build me a house. But I still have to feed those sheep. I still have to house those sheep. I still yeah. have to water, like give water to those sheep. He said, a sheep is only worth as much as you are able to trade those sheep out to those who actually need it. So currency was created as a standardized form of trusted value amongst citizens. To say, 12 pieces of silver to me means building, you know, crafting me a uh, table. Yeah. Because I know that crafting me a table is just as uh, valuable as a couple nights with this prostitute. You know what I mean? Like there is a decentralized or there is a, there is a standardized form of evaluating worker. services and product yeah. amongst a society, which is why like price, you can have deals and discounts and, and, yeah. and, and it's, it's a very strange thing, currency. And ultimately I like to zoom out from what currency we're using. Cause I feel like currency is a worthwhile fight to have, but more so I'm more interested in what people are doing for what amount of currency like which what are people willing to sacrifice for the little currency we're given the pittance that we're given by these large corporations fear factor answered that question yeah that is very true. <laughs> that is like that is economy that should be that show should be shown in like econ 101 yeah where it's like what currency is worth to us is like how many pig nuts we're willing to eat for like how many hundreds of dollars yeah literally and that 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 pertains to the rest of our life like how many times can you deal with customer service bullshit and the 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 public at large for how many 12 dollar an hour shifts at starbucks or <laughs> dunkin donuts or wherever and now with this fight for 15 thing the idea that each state has a different economy so each state has a different standard of living each state has a different uh minimum wage and we're trying to federalize a minimum wage it's dumb. Which it's kind of dumb, but also Pretty understand dumb. that when minimum wage was created, there was a a, a uh, amendment that says it should grow with inflation, and then Reagan put the kibosh on that. And well, then because in general, still minimum is wage rising, like, like is a standard of concept. living is still rising, but there's been such severe stagnation of wage. And Th that is much more to do with with the artificial way in which the economy grows than it has to do with uh, with, with like any sort of like wage that's being set. Like, <clears throat> what the problem is that like you won't like you're gonna wage is going to be based on standard of living in the area, level of expertise, and and uh, and, and and you know like the job you're doing. Like, like, what is the output of what you're doing, and how much can you be afford to be paid? And, and based on your expertise, how much should that be for what you're for what pro value you're creating? So like so, so for the government to come in and say anyone who's working anywhere has to get paid more than fifteen bucks an hour is just is, is so stupid. 
because there's no like there's absolutely no benchmark for that value it's it's completely arbitrary in some situations because that person doing that job will not be creating $15 an hour worth of value there are plenty of jobs in which that's the case it's not to like say anything bad about anyone who's not working that but it's the case and like and basically if you price that up you have it's the same effect as the student loans like if if the government keeps giving out student loans it keeps ratcheting up the cost of education because institutions know that they're going to be able to fucking charge more so they do and and that's why the, that's why there's a great article in the New York Times about that and and in the same way like if you do that with with wages you're just going to start pricing people out of the market and automation becomes cheaper and they move whatever they can outsourced. Agree, but also disagree. I definitely agree with the colleges. But I saw something interesting. I went to one of my favorite burrito spots called Hotheads. And it's on 75 and Windsor Locks. Now, I didn't know this is apparently a chain. So it exists elsewhere in America. But this company was pressured by this Fight for 15 movement. And I saw a sign at the register that says, with input from our customer base and from... Basically, they said, we've made the minimum wage for our company $15 an hour for people who make burritos in like a Chipotle-esque burrito shop where they white or, bra- uh, white or brown rice, black or brown yeah. beans, you know, that kind of thing. Here's the thing, though. Elon Musk said that prices are simply data that reflects the input of an economics. Okay, I'm totally botching this. Prices are data on what we value in the market. Yeah. So what we're willing to pay reflects our interest in the market. And I think Americans have become too addicted to the idea of cheaper is better. I mean, oh, never mind. For a second, I thought you had The War of Art by Cal Newport, but you have The Art of War. By Sun Tzu, yeah. Yeah, so never mind. (laughs) Anyways, I was distracted. Um, But my point being is... At the end of the note, it says, thank you for paying a little bit more so that our workers can get paid more. Now, well, okay, you said well, that – There you go. No, no. I'm, I'm – I'm, okay. I, I was saying like that's exactly that, the – But here's the thing, right, is at what point in our economic system do we value – that our workers get paid more. Now, I don't want to sound like a socialist. But the value of the dollar goes down. That's the problem. It's like, yeah, we're paying you more. Here's more money. But it's that ratchet because every time you pay a little bit more for this, something else in the supply chain is going to cost a little bit more. That's because, true. Because that's the way the fucking but economy would you, works. Would you pay a dollar more? It, 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 it is irrelevant how much more I'm willing to pay because all it's going to do is make everyone's money worth less. I know your libertarian brain is – I just – let me finish my point. It's just economics. It's not even like would you pay two dollars more? Would you pay $2 more for an N95 mask if you knew that we could supply – if we could secure the supply chain here in America and not have been fucked out of our 3M deal from China in the beginning of coronavirus? If we paid $2 more – for the non-cheap version that was made in China and instead have an American-made 3M mask that was not denied by us by Chinese supply chains at the beginning of Corona when they were lying about their numbers. Yeah. And they withheld product supply. Would you yeah. have paid $2 more to know that it was made in Minnesota and it could have gotten to our shores a lot quicker than a communist government that was lying about numbers of their own citizens dying? For one simple reason, yeah, because – it think of the economic value of having that at that time. So as a patriot, 
No, it has nothing to do with being a patriot. Well, it is, it has say, everything to do with the fact that if you save all those lives and you get those masks out sooner, the health care costs alone the, 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 that you end up saving the country is 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 exponential. And and not to mention that that like having the jobs within the United States also resonates out because people make money here and then spend that money here. Exactly. So I creates real value. I personally would not mind a higher minimum. Now, minimum wage is the idea of government control of how businesses run. I do take I do take to task that a government gets to control how much it pays its workers. But the idea simply on the fact of raising the wages of workers to incentivize American business or to incentivize people who have jobs in America I wouldn't hate that so, so much because the idea that, like, a worker could get paid more to be as part of, like, an American company. Gage, it's it's a great ideal, but, no, but, but, but the understand. way it works out mathematically is if everybody gets paid, like, that much money, like, you know, A, McDonald's is going to start firing people. Oh, yeah, they, certainly. They, I mean, they're already like, with the kiosks. Yeah, I, like I, that. I, I know. Because they know it's coming because people don't understand that just because something's well-intentioned and it sounds nice and it's like, oh, yeah, don't you want everyone to make a living wage? Well, guess what? Living wage is going to get higher because look what happens in New York yeah. City. Look what happens in gentrification. Also, yeah, living wage. Like, I take, I take, with rents, all of I these are high, economic patterns. I take high uh, – I take very uh, – I'm a little drunk right now. I take I take to task the idea of a living wage because a living wage in Wyoming is far different than that in Brooklyn. Like you can live in a lot of places in the United States on a lot less money than you could yeah. in Brooklyn, New York. Now, how important is it that which neighborhood you live in? That's the question. Is like living where? Living wage, That's you could live anywhere any for individual's a very choice. cheap amount of money, but it's like living – but here, here's the other thing is, I forgot my point, which is, that, which is that I agree. When you raise the minimum wage, it's like the same issue that I have with a governor governing over a whole state with COVID lockdown, treating Lansing, Michigan, the same that they treat Detroit, Michigan, is COVID simply won't spread the same in a rural Michigan town as it will in Detroit. Yeah, and so that the Michigan governor is overreaching with her like COVID restrictions because she's treating every single township and every municipality as if it were the most highly densely populated city. So I agree that spreading an economic policy across the whole country is very hazardous for each state's economy because each state could be making it on so much little money. No, no, no. It, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's even, it's Texas. even more, it's even more significant than that because it's not just fucking up the state's economy. It's fucking up individual people's finances. Mm. Like like your ability to feed your fucking family changes when, when the price of bread and milk and eggs increases because the value sure. of your dollar has decreased. Like like when you're raising the minimum wage like that, you know, it's a really inefficient way of giving people more money. You're giving them more money that's worth less. And, and we'll, we'll, like the market, and, and I hate saying the market because it's got all these loaded connotations. What, okay. the, what the market means is there's a much more efficient way of determining what a person can be paid. And that is what the value of their labor is worth. Like, like what are they, what are they producing? What are they putting in? What is, what is a, what makes sense in that context? And, and the great part of like, employment that like nobody fucking seems to accept or understand is that like you as an employee 
have the ability to negotiate. You as the employee have the ability to not do things and to say, no, either, you know, you, you pay me more or you let me go. It's the basis and of union strikes. And uh, yeah, like, you know, free association of labor, man. Like it's, it's, it's for the free and voluntary association of people. It's when you tie that shit into the States and you have the States making policies well, this that goes benefit. To this goes to your point, which is the largest proponent of the fight for 15 was none other than Jeff Bezos. Because Amazon, as a corporation, knew that if it advocated for the $15 minimum wage, it could outprice everyone else in the market. By raising the tide of $15 an hour, it knew that it could put over the edge all the other corporations that it was fighting against. Because unlike Amazon, as a corporation, those other corporations could not afford $15 an hour for every worker they had. Amazon, the multi-billion dollar multinational corporation, could certainly afford raising their prices to fifteen dollars an hour, yeah. and then lay off a bunch of workers and make those other workers left over work like drone slaves, yeah. and uh, not take bathroom breaks and like time them yeah. when they go take you know to take a piss or whatever. Your and, mom and pop bookstore can't afford that. Oh, certainly, and that's not. because Bezos is operating on the Chinese model of business. Like the reason he's monitoring his employees. And, and he's working them like they're not even human and, and he's not allowing them to go to the bathroom or do any of these things and like is abusing their rights is because he's not an American businessman. He's a global businessman. And the most efficient model of business in the world is the Chinese model yeah. where you abuse the shit out of slave workers. We basically. take advantage of the fact that our American – like our American legislative system, as bad as it works and as, as, as rickety and rusty as it works – it still has to listen to its constituency on some level, even if it's just to appease the masses and 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 like appease crocodile tears as you know the American public, our constituency, our our politicians still have to in some way listen to us. Well, what it really means is that no we stop them from doing things. I mean, that's really what's yeah. good about our system is that we're we won't make up our minds. We're so bad at choosing what the fuck we want because these people are just talking shit at us left left and right. So we end up going back and forth, splitting the House, splitting splitting Congress from the presidency, barely getting majorities because we don't actually want them to do anything because the more they do, the more destructive it's going to get. That's our best check on them is to keep them fucking gridlocked. Like yeah, Our ignorance is, the, is our salvation. It's like not knowing where we want to lie one day from the next. And it's crazy how like our electorate has splits itself up too because I was listening to something that was pretty profound from uh, Sager and Jetty from the Hill. And he said that no more than it has been today that the American public votes on an anti-policy system wherein we vote for Republican because we feel that the country is full of Antifa or we vote for Democrat because yeah. the, we think the country is full of white supremacists and that we don't really care what the policies of our people are it's just that we're afraid of the other guy taking over our government and whoever we construct the other guy to be who's been designated by our party's propaganda yep. do we then deter like do we really believe there are seven and a half million white supremacists in the country and the people on the right do we really believe that there are seven and a half million antifa agents in black masks and black clothes running around ready to knock people with bike locks and bike chains yeah. like do you really think that shit's real or do you think that most people agree on most things most of the time because most people are the fucking same they just want to do their shit we just want to get alone. paid yep. have something left for retirement and have our kids have a little bit better of a life than we did like when did yeah. we lose sight of the idea of like 
our family being better because we put in the hard work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think the conservatives like don't want to pay taxes because they want to give more to the charity of their choosing. And a lot of people on the left feel like there is an obvious charity to give to. And so we should enact policies that draw from our income because, well, don't you want to give to the right things? Yeah, exactly. Don't you want to give to the charity of human kindness and human rights? And it's like the government shouldn't be doing policies like that as like – and this is, goes back to my thing that we talked about in the last half about uh, – um, about like a GoFundMe style for taxation would basically be like if you took your income tax, the money that you're paying, and instead of just like it goes into the con- congressional slush fund and they get to spend it however the fuck they end up deciding. What if because we have an online society now, you could pay it online and you could basically say, oh, this is the legislative agenda that this Congress came up with. They want to pass this bill and this bill and this bill. And oh, yeah, you know what? I give a shit about the national parks. I'll put $500 of my tax money into the national parks. You know what? Make it a thousand. I owe another two grand. Uh, you know, Clean Water Act. That sounds good. Uh, no, wait. There's a whole rider in here giving a bunch of black funding to the CIA so they can bomb Nicaragua. Never mind. Yeah, so like, here's the thing, right? Is this is you can read it and see it and choose where your money goes. Like proof positive that the government, our our politicians find its constituency an abhorrent, ignorant, barbarian race of people. Yeah. The American people are seen as our from our politicians' perspective as total ignorant fucks who don't know what you don't know what to do with your money. Let let me do it yeah. because how quickly do these politicians pay off corporations in the multi-trillion dollar levels when crisis funds go on the docket for pol- political gain? They throw in a bunch of bills that they've been waiting, right? They've been yeah. wringing their hands to pass for the last decade, especially after like the housing market crash in 08, they threw in a bunch of bullshit. They bailed out a bunch of companies and everyone who didn't get bailed out in 08 was like wringing their hands. Can't wait to get bailed out during this crisis. Yep. Like Rahm Emanuel said, let no good crisis go to waste. And how quickly they will pay off corporations. But then the moment the American people who have been told they can't even employ themselves during this corona thing are be like, please give me some money so I can feed my family. They're like, um, I don't know if we can trust you with $1,400. Do we really know you're going to do the right thing with four- – fuck you if I'm going to do the right thing. Let yeah. me buy $1,400 of cocaine, blow it up my nose and kill myself because you fucked me out of my job, you dumb twat. Let's like, go right now. Let me do anything I want. I'm a, I'm an, I am, you fucked me out of having a job and you're telling me you don't trust me with 1400 I don't trust you with my state. What the fuck is wrong with you? You lied about how many Dude. people you killed by transferring COVID positive patients to nursing homes and they have the audacity to victim blame me. Well, if you didn't want to gain weight, you shouldn't eat the cheesecake. Fuck you. And so this idea is pervasive because after the housing market crash, what do they do? They victim blamed people who sought mortgages that were cheap and government funded and government backed. Not only government backed, government encouraged and government oh, enforced. And they're like, well, we don't know if we can – we shouldn't bail out these people who – we would be incentivizing bad behavior if we if we bailed out these yeah. mortgages. That you been told the banks to give out the mortgages to people you knew couldn't pay them and, the bad and you said you'd cover it. And the bad behavior is not on the poor people who take advantage of a system – that lays out a way towards a free home. Yeah. The bad behavior is those who know that the free home comes with these deadly contract of foreclosure because they know they can't pay it and they don't ask for income verification and they call it a triple A loan even though it's a a double B loan. Dog shit. My point being is that we have been when you talk about nanny state, it's like we 
we're thought of than like of less than toddlers when it comes to like our politicians. Our politicians have reached such an elite status; they look down on us from their ivory towers and they think, "Well, these fucking idiots don't know what to do with money. We know what to do with their money." Because it's all marketing. Everything in our lives as Americans is 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 marketed to us and sold to us and packaged to us because that's our job in the global economy. We are the consumers. We are here to to work shit lazy jobs that pay us a good amount of money so we can come back home to our comfortable places and use all these devices that are made in these shitty places in the world really cheaply to make a shit ton of money for the corporate overlords who've basically engineered the government to continue that trend of upward growth of for for, for their economic benefit it, it's just it's a fucking system that spins itself and and winds itself up and and uh you know the we're all just pawns. Like we're all just here and we're supposed to be the ones consuming the stuff. We're supposed to be the ones taking the job, getting the money, doing the thing. And, Oh, nice. I can buy a new TV. Oh, look, the new iPhone came out. I'm going to get that. Oh yeah. I'm really happy. Mm -hmm. This is great. This has been a really such a good time. No, it's hopeful though, because, because what it shows you, what it shows you is like, we were talking about before choosing that perspective shift. If you can see that, and you can say, no, you know what? I'm not just going to consume. I'm not just going to sit down and watch the news and let them tell me what to be afraid of and what I should do and, and how I should be dressing and where I should be going and all this. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do to work towards the goals that I set for myself. And, dude, that's why I got off social media. That's why I've tuned out of fucking watching cable news. I, I read the news from all over the place so I can figure out what's actually going on at current events and I can laugh at fucking morons who believe either spin side of whatever the fuck is being said like it is because if it's all like if with such predictable lifestyles like the corporate life you can really it's kind of sad when you can sit down with a calculator and figure out exactly how your life's going to turn out like which, when the corporate, yeah. corporate life gives you such a predictable path that you could literally sit down with like a little ti-83 calculator do the math and be like i will have this much at this age and I will be able to afford this much because inflation is this much, and it grants me this much of a lifestyle at this point in my life. And it's like, what's you're the, not human. What's the point of life if you know exactly where you're going to be twenty years from now? Where's the adventure? Where's the you already know the end of your story. You might as well slit your wrist and call it a day. Yeah, because it's like if you know you're going to die with a certain amount of money, you have that much money now. Fuck it. Write that shit on stage, man. Just live. Like fucking yeah, do it. Know. And, and like, not everybody wants to be a performer. Not everyone wants to be an artist. I know it's not. I just meant like like. But there's going to be something in your life. Follow that's a passion off the path that's been granted to you, and you should be trying to blaze your own trail as much as possible. And I understand that it's comfortable to live in the doctrine, to live in the path that's been granted to you. But isn't that kind of boring? No one ever grew or got better doing what's comfortable. Don't you want to just... That's just curling up in a blanket and passing out. Like, don't you want to fucking do heroin or something? At that point, it's just like, do do smack and just fucking fade into the non-existent. I mean, I don't mean to... Jeez, now it's getting dark. It's <laughs> narcotics, but I mean, isn't that what you're wishing for? Because no. every time you grind at a shitty job that i work at a factory where people have been putting in 20 plus years at the same spot and they're like i got this place by the balls i can retire anytime i want it's like bro do it do it pussy yeah you you won't do it because you're addicted to the paycheck i would be so much more 
that's the thing, man. The old timers are in for a penny and for a pound. They've been in it and they have so much built up in retirement that if they quit now, it's like the contract is null and void. Yep. And it's like, I would admire someone so much more. By the way, I just realized all your bottles are ordered in height. Uh, height. Yeah. Yep. I'm really neurotic. Yeah, you are. I didn't really <laughs> put that together until right now. That's trippy, bro. You know what's funny? I was so excited when I got this bottle oh, because it was the first one I had that finally fit and made yeah, it perfect. Anyway, what bothers me is the how the rum bottle as nobody can see this, but <laughs> how, the, how the rum bottle has like a longer neck uh-huh. than the Hendrix bottle, so it doesn't like it totally doesn't fit look the right. Aesthetic. No, but then that vodka one is also short. These kind of you know what it reminds me of is candle graphs on a, like a stock market. Mm. The opening closing position within fifteen minute candles. Yeah, this we is totally Hendrix off camera, so yeah. it literally has nothing to do with what you could see. But my point, going back to my point, which is that these people have these illusions of goals and milestones in their life where they're like, oh, I'm going to have a million dollars in my 401k and I can, I can live. But like, then what if you get a brain aneurysm at the age of 55 and a half wasted? There was someone at, at my job who retired, who barely retired recently and then died from double cancer. He got cancer, went back to the job that gave him cancer, double cancer, got cancer again, Damn. retired early, died recently. Rest in peace. Poor guy. Jesus. Different cancers too. Like the one was like lung and then one was like thyroid or some shit like that. So it's like you have to consider if every day you're going to die. At a certain point, yeah, you got kids. You got to pay off bills and shit like that. But that's why like wear a condom. Plan out your life. You know what I mean? It's like we have too much technology. Or Or don't. (laughs) IUD or like birth control or something. But like pull out. Really consider like – your actions have consequences and some consequences are much more longer reaching. And, uh, I just, are you happy with the life that you have? And if not, why aren't you doing everything you can to have a different life? And I know people be like, well, you have the privilege. You could just quit at a certain point. I mean, I know it comes down to like this philosophical moral issue of like, what do you give up on? It's like, do you turn your back on your family? But it's like, at a certain point, the fuck do you have to lose if every day is miserable for you like is is it more painful to try to go against the path that was driven for you that's already miserable than it is to be miserable every single day yeah i mean you like the worst that happens is you try it and you fail and you're still back to where you were like but you actually try and you'll find that like even when you try and but fail, it's something that you're passionate about that feels better than not doing it at all. But to some people, it's not. Some people, they can't handle the fact that they lost and that they tried because it's like – It's ego. You at least if that. you didn't try, the failure can be chalked up to – that's just my life. But if you try and you fail, sometimes to people, that's more devastating than a lifetime of misery. That's immature. It is I, immature. I think that's an immature it perspective. It certainly is, but – I used to feel that way a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like that was part of the reason that I like – stop doing comedy for that like long hiatus yeah, like, man, i suck at comedy still but there's like joyful spurts of inspiration where i'm like oh i learned something i just got better you yeah. know what i mean but it's such a little doot, and it's like oh that's cute meanwhile yeah. somebody who's like made it up here but that's why you only have to compare yourself to what you were like a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago it's like i'm so much better of a comedian now than i ever was when i started yep but compared to what i will be is like nothing so the excitement of me of these small feats paling in comparison to like what I will be, it makes me really excited. And I learned today, just don't drink before you set. 
Like, I can't handle my alcohol, so just don't drink. Important lesson to learn if yeah, you can't handle it. Yeah, it's important lesson to learn for me. Yeah. I, have no, I have no tolerance at all. So I get to enjoy my drinking. But off stage, when I'm not working, this is work. This is practice. This is this is scrimmage time to learn and, and get better at the game. Yeah. So, I don't know. What's something goofy we can talk about? I feel like it's been, been very dour. Yeah, it started off funny, then it got really serious. Yeah, and fuck then... the Fed, and then it's like, we're all slaves to the economy. Yeah. <laughs> we're all going to die anyway, so it doesn't matter, just let your wrist and yeah, just literally. Um, <sighs> fun stories. Um, oh, uh, that's not that funny. I called a woman a dumb cunt today, because she crossed the street yeah, during a red did. light. Misogyny's she... alive and well. In it wasn't, it's not brain. misogyny, it was just the first thing I that popped into my head. until she turned around, and then she looked at me with her... She, she was just a person in the road <laughs> when the light was green and I wanted to go. So I just yelled, you dumb cunt. Well, where were you going to, Mike? Home. <laughs> From work. Was home really waiting for you? Hey, was I going home? I don't know where I was going. Mm. No. I was, yeah, yeah. You know, I was driving to you go get. In a rush to go nowhere. To go get the wine to go start cooking dinner. Okay. Like, I, I was so in a rush. I had to make that friend. shit happen. You I didn't want to be late because we had to record and shit. That's and okay. like, uh. I had enough time to stop at Dunkin' Donuts. So. I don't even like Dunkin' Donuts, really. Well, you were on time, so you know, well, it doesn't matter. Relatively speaking. Uh, yeah, but like, I don't know, man. It fucking. Like, the. Life's kind of great, though, isn't it? It is. It's awesome. Kind of like, like fight, don't you? I, I I wouldn't have said that we if I more knew my window was down. And some people have given up already. That's true. Every time I see you angry or me angry, I'm just like, isn't it great that I still have energy to be a little fiery? I love feeding that because it's just such a yeah. fun like fucking. Yeah, man, anger is a little fun sometimes. It reminds you that you still have the heart yeah. to fight another day. I'm not a violent person. I just no. lo- I just love the words that come out of my mouth. I've never been angry. in a physical altercation in my life. I fear yeah. every day that I'll get punched in the face because I don't know how I'll handle it. Although I've heard from people that get in fights that they don't actually feel the pain until afterwards. And when the adrenaline takes over, they're just like, "I was hit," but deep down yeah. inside, I'm like so afraid of pain. And any afraid of anything messing up my teeth, that I'm like I don't want to get in a physical altercation because then I might have to go to the dentist. I fucked up my teeth so many times. It's not even like not yeah. from fighting, just from being a klutz. That's all right. Yeah. I wish I, I I did chip a tooth off my own like klutziness. I like dropped down at work and I uppercutted myself on a roll of paper Ugh. and I chipped one of my canines. Although my dentist said that canine uh, alignment is a thing that's like evolutionary based to, to make the canine the most like interacted of the teeth so that we save our molars so that like as our jaw slides across yeah, that it hits the canine up. first so that the canine gets damaged to sacrifice itself for the other teeth my, one of my canines is rotated like 90 degrees Whoa. Yeah, super weird that shit's crazy right. dog yeah I, I, it looks so like, like you also grinded your teeth so I, I I went to the dentist recently and uh, she's looking at my teeth and she's like, do you grind your teeth? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. I guess so. And she's like, well, let me put it. You have the teeth of a man who's like twice your age, like Jesus from the amount Christ. of grinding. And I was like, just from the grinding. And she's like, yeah, there's like stress fractures in your teeth. She's like, no. I, she's like, do you do that when you sleep? I think you need a night guard. And I was like, honestly, I do it more when I'm awake. Like there's all at least when I sleep, fucking... I get to be in a different reality and I don't have to live in my own body. <clears throat> exactly. When I'm like, awake, like, I have to grind my teeth through the reality of myself. Like, my existential yeah. tread. Like when I'm asleep, the people in, that I'm interacting with are not nearly as fucking retarded as they are on a day to day basis. <laughs> Cancel so again. Like, yeah. No, but no, I will. I don't. I, I'll use that word. You like, know, I actually, I'm stressed about grinding my teeth, so I yeah. actively don't grind my teeth when I'm stressed. 
that I keep. Really? I, I, I'm so, because I, I'm, I'm doing it now just because I like it. I like anxiety, the feeling of, I can't, even if I actively tried, I couldn't do it because my anxiety centers around my dental hygiene and my dental care. So Damn. grinding my teeth is like, to someone who's afraid of elevators, like getting in an elevator when you're anxious. It's like, that's not mm-hmm. how I roll, man. I gotta like, I literally like make an active decision that when I'm about to sleep, I loosen my jaw. I let it rest like that. Christ. It's a little weird. It's very neurotic, but I'm very afraid of the dentist because I had like one fuck up when I was getting cavity filled and now every, like any mention of cavity or root canal, Ooh. it's like, it twists my brain in these knots and it took me a lot of time to get over my dental anxiety mm. to the point now, but I still am very anal about my dental hygiene. No matter how high or drunk I am, I always brush and floss twice a day. I always brush for like four and a half minutes at a time. You floss? With an I floss twice a day. I brush twice a day. I brush for like Damn. four minutes at a time with an electric toothbrush and I make sure I get around every little nook and cranny in my tooth until I can like roll my tongue over and feel nothing but slick teeth. I only floss when I get shit stuck in my teeth. Like, and even then, like, I usually just I double big. floss, especially when I get shit stuck in my teeth. So I'll floss habitually twice a day, but I'll also floss if I eat meat, like steak yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Or if I eat, like, my grandma just made, a, or my mom just made corned beef and it was nice, fucking great, yeah. but I still floss then. I like the, uh... But it's also like, a, I know, like, my teeth are going to decay and become nothing when I'm old. And it's, like, kind of crazy. It's like point. I'm keeping it up while I'm young because it's, like, the same reason I go to the gym now is because, like, I see people who deteriorate at the age of 40. And it's, like, 50 today isn't what 50 used to be. That's going to be me. No, but it doesn't have to be, man. That's what I'm saying. I is like do not care. This is, you're, a battle, <laughs> you're a battleship that's chugging along to the horizon. But if you were to change your life, if you were to change course two and a half degrees north northwest you could be in a so much different place by the time you're 50 as now just by building a small habit like cutting out smoking i think that's a little bit more than a two degree shift i, I mean, think that's think like a is, fucking full like 180 paying 10 bucks every you know three times a week is a money lot. money means absolutely nothing well obviously me. we obviously realize <laughs> like, <laughs> like, cigarettes like, is the only joy we get out of our economy anymore. yeah but, Here I am railing against nihilism, and I'm like, I'm just going to go stand outside and smoke because money means nothing. That's the thing is, the beauty <laughs> of it is no one gives a fuck. Like, no, you could smoke until the, your deathbed, and no one gives a fuck, so why not just not smoke? Because I give a fuck. I like it. Do you like it, though? For the first half of every cigarette, yeah, I love it. Okay, but is the cigarette that you smoke today feels as good as the second no, or third never. cigarette? So why not just stop? It stopped giving you the joy that it gave you when you were a teenager and you thought you were cool smoking cigs behind the church. I, so I didn't why smoke smoking... as a teenager. Well, I didn't start smoking until college. Stop ruining my point, Masaro. You get my point. But, like, but this is for me. You're like, chasing I don't the want dragon, to quit smoking. Masaro. You're never going to – when you puff, you're expecting it to feel like that time that you felt the best when see, you smoked See, hold on. But, it, but it, see, for me, that time happens frequently. I get that all the time. But like – so if I'm smoking like – public is a slave to the paycheck my second to like sixth cigarette of the day is like nothing like but like that first one or, 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 or like if I have a few drinks that one right after a few drinks or after I have a big meal and a few drinks that one oh that hits perfect I I wouldn't trade that shit for anything dude you know what I tanked really a relationship good. of three years over smoking like you know what feels really good is when you can do a push-up without wheezing. I can do a push-up. I'll do one right now without wheezing. This is what toxic masculinity is, folks. Tuck that ass in, Masaro. Come on. There you go. Nose to the ground. Folks, this is the new Toxic Masculinity Podcast with Mike Masaro and Gage Morrow. Look at that. This man's about to pop a blood vessel. Not at all. I'm not even out of breath. 
smoke a pack a day. Okay. Well, it's, it's actually, I'm down to like a half a pack a You're day. You're a libertarian. I'll let you live the life that you want to live. I'm just saying that. I do get winded walking up the stairs sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that I am a longevity guy. Longevity I'm, guy. I'm very much, I'm definitely getting, dude, if you listen to what's <laughs> so bad, I'm sorry. <laughs> you get, you listen to what like smart people are into nowadays. They're talking about having the CDC classify aging as a disease. All the smartest people I've heard right about now, that. I've heard that Elon Musk, KRE. Vitalik Buterin. <clears throat> That's psychotic. Founder I think... of the, nah, man, I mean, they're on some higher end shit, dude. Why do we want to live forever they though? Have, I don't get they, it. They have glimpsed the existential dread of automatic uh, or automatic for of automation they've glimpsed the existential dread of ai and they realize that we humans are bound by our corporal vessels to this existential dread of existing as a human for only up to maybe a hundred years at most that's what makes it beautiful does it make it beautiful yes dude that, that, that's where art comes from that, 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 that's where like forever but could we add like 50 years and still enjoy the limited lifetime that we have I don't know. Because I see the way people it could always get. Be finite. It could always be finite, but you have to you have to change your perspective. On if I could add fifty years to my life, I would still appreciate life for what it is because I knew I would die at one hundred and fifty. Yeah, but is it fifty years that are like seventy to ninety? But that's why they're. So this is the thing: is they're trying. To I don't want to live seventy to ninety. That's so, that looks like it sucks. You like, don't want to live seventy to ninety as it's been lived before technological advancement. Before you have. By the way, see, fuck the CDC. Why don't we have to go to an institution to classify something as an illness when we could just do the research ourselves about telomere elongation yeah here's the thing if i could live another 50 years and be that much better of a comic before i die fair enough i didn't i didn't think of that there are are things in this life i don't want to just die like a flash in the pan because to be honest i do not have the guitar skills of kurt cobain but the problem is we could all die at any time good point valid but you know that you have a limited capability of getting better at something. Like, you know you only have so many open mics to go to to better yourself. If you could go to, like, 100 more open mics or 100 more shows and do that much better, I mean... Yeah, I hope by the time I'm fucking 90, I'm not going to open mics anymore. No, of course not. Comedy, like, that'd be awful. But I don't want to quit comedy because I'm 90 years old. No. I want to die doing what I love. But, but I have a sick fascination with dying on stage. I'm not I, gonna lie. I I just don't put fucking what's his face two comics that happened to, like in the last like few years. We'd have to look them up. Yeah, the I names are going to be right here. That's the magic of editing. I could just put two names right here. Wait, wait, wait. When you were saying before you can draw the graph, can you draw shit? Like, can you trace shit? I don't really want to because then I'm going to have to find this part. In the what do you want to draw? You're not going to be the Disney Channel. You're drawing a dick, aren't you? I am drawing a dick. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that. I'm gonna have I to, think this is where the line is. I'm going to have the YouTube tutorial just – I mean it's a good thing it's a fixed position. Yeah. But it's – hold on. You remember like Disney Channel where you're like, yep. I'm Gage Moron. This is Disney Channel. Dun, 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 dun. And then we do that dumb like little like – Oh, man. Let's Simpler watch times. the Disney Channel. Do you ever see those TikToks where like somebody actually traces where their finger was? <laughs> yeah, I love like that some shit. Shitty, dude. Isn't that crazy? Like, oh man, Disney is such an evil corporation. Totally. Every time I see someone who's bio on Tinder, it's like I'm just a Disney girl. Nope. 
Do you know but, what you're saying with Harry Potter? But see, isn't that, any that crazy? Any juvenile garbage? I thought you were going to say evil and all that Jewish. Anyways, um... I, why, why does everyone always go to the Jewish thing? Because like, you stroke your beard with a maniacal fascination on the cabal of elite society? It's, it's just wealthy people. Most of them aren't even Jewish. Like, most of them are fucking, like, Anglo. Yeah, the Build-A-Bears or whatever. Build-A-Bears. <laughs> <laughs> the Build-A-Bear group. Dude, they got, they got a... Bucket full of hearts. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. They hide their secrecy and their stuffing. What you don't understand about them is that they worship these evil gods and and, and, and they sacrifice their Alex children Jones to these gods. Like Alex Jones' ignorant cousin, fucking Eric Jones. How's it going, Alex? <laughs> the Build-A-Bear groups with the <laughs> all of elite society controlling uh, crypto... Uh, crypto... Crypto... Cryptozoology. That's what it is. Cryptozoology. Controlling cri- cryptographs. <laughs> they, they control the crypto rings from uh, his Christmas story. You ever read the Da Vinci Code? You, you know, they got, the, they got the cryptogram box thing. Damn it's like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, 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 but like crazy-like and like more an elitist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eat more. Drink more Overteen. It's uh, just an advertisement, just like everything else. Damn, dog. I this mean, podcast brought to you by Royal Typewriters. The Royal Typewriter Company is located in Hartford, Connecticut on New Park Avenue. It was. It's now a stop and shop. Rest and rip. Take paradise, put up a stop and shop. Take paradise, <laughs> put up a stop and shop. <laughs> hey, hey, Peapod delivering groceries to senile individual. Or if you're in Georgia, a giant. That's true. Once yeah. you get past the Mason Dixon, they go from Stop and Shop to Giant. Yep. Damn, doggy. I remember I was in Maryland and I saw a Giant with the same logo. I'm like, you steal my. Yeah, right. You know my dad. It's just like... calling up Stop and Shop, like, yo, man, yo, they stole your shit. <laughs> I'm watching him right now. He's driving down the highway. No, 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 no. We did a licensing <laughs> deal. Yeah. It's... Oh, dude. By the way, when you said that thing about Bud, back in our very first episode, you said that uh, Czech beer Budweiser yeah, was Budvar and it was taken. It reminds me that any Kit Kats made in the European Union are made by Nestle Chocolate and not Hershey's. Really? So in America, when Kit Kats are made, it's made by Hershey Chocolate. In the European Union, like England and like Europe, oh, shit. it's Nestle Chocolate that Kit Kats are made of. And they, and they just license them the name. Yes, dude. It's made with different chocolate. No, fuck. Wow, I got to try the. Are they and better? See, well, here's the thing. is some Mars? Kit Kats in America, Kit Kats in England... Child's Play. What you want to do, go to Japanese Kit Kats. Japan, like Dan Dan Carlin says, the Japanese are like any other society, just more so. In his six-hour, each episode, uh, Supernova of the East, he's now on part four, which is an incredible series. Anybody who's into history podcasts... He's a hardcore history guy, right? Hardcore history yeah. Dan Carlin. It's a good Japan podcast. makes matcha, I love cherry... Matcha. What? Violet, uh, coffee, dark chocolate, light chocolate, milk chocolate, Vietnamese coffee. It, you look up, just look up Japanese Kit Kats. They have literally every fucking flavor that you could possibly imagine. They have shrimp flavor because they have make shrimp flavor chips and I don't fuck with that shit. Anything might. But that's not that's what I'm gross. saying. Um, I don't understand that. Why do they make artificial Dude, shrimp? isn't it crazy that we bombed Japan twice and now we have hentai? <laughs> From the ashes, all of these tentacle <laughs> monsters are rising. I'm it's not no surprised. Joke, I mean, think about what would happen in Japan's ancient, like feudal history if there weren't two bombs that absolutely decimated their society, made them build back from nothing. They would have taken over the world. 
with Casio. J- Japan is like better Germany. Oh. <laughs> like. Way better. Yeah. I mean, Germany makes what? Good knives and good yeah. cars. You know what Japan makes? Everything, everything. else. Yeah, literally everything good. Japan is so good at technology. Nintendo fucks up. Every- Dude, n- name one bad Nintendo system. I'll wait. I mean, I don't like the Wii. Shit. Creates autism. I can't lie. That's a stolen joke. That was a stolen joke. There was another comic he said that joke. <laughs> I think it was Chris Warren. Where he said that, like, all Nintendo systems... That sounds familiar. Autism. I don't know. They're like, I might have been racist while I was playing Xbox Live, but at least I wasn't on the Spectrum because I played the Wii. <laughs> stolen joke. Not my thing. Not my thing. But, um... No, but you know Nintendo started off as a trading card company? I did not know they that. They had a glow-up, man. Now that Nintendo Switch is here, it's kind of crazy. But what were we talking about? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I'm very optimistic about society. I, I choose... I, I like dystopian, futuristic sci-fi novels, and I like the dark parts of humanity. Yeah. But then it's like sometimes you just catch people in like the quiet moments of like human resolve, of just like two people talking, and just like two unlike people talking about shit and then you just catch them laugh every time i see someone laugh i'm like humanity's still around and then then you just hear him say like hey can we be friends yeah and just like that episode two in the bag thank you guys for tuning in damn what a good way to wrap that yeah. was a good one <laughs> oh oh we're doing a thing all right well i don't know what that is <laughs> me either i'm a little I'm, I'm sobering up now but this has been can we be friends we've talked a lot about about a lot of stuff today but if it made you laugh just a little bit please share with your friends because we need to spread this positivity we need to spread optimistic nihilism always want more no 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 not optimistic we need to spread our legs (laughs) and open up our buttholes to happiness yep (laughs) it's not gay if it makes you happy i'm mike massaro my name is gage morrow thank you so much for watching take care god bless allah bless amen buddha bless Everyone, everyone bless. Everyone bless. All the all the religions of the world. The uh, all the colors of the earth and spaghetti, all the flying spaghetti monster bless. bless.